got your Bibles, Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, <clears throat> Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. If you don't have it, we'll have it on the, if you don't have your Bible, we'll have it on the screen. <clears throat> it says this, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he, he being Jesus, was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and he had to stand, had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Verse 7, Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to the very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said, if you will bow, bow down and worship me. Verse 10, Jesus said to him, away from me, saying, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. Attended him. This morning, briefly, I want to talk to you from the subject, beware of the power of the pool. Beware of the power of the pool. P-U-L-L. -L. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. God, I pray that within the next few moments together, God, that you would do what only you can do. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you as our guest of honor today. We say that we want you to just do what you always do in our lives. We want to leave here changed. We want to leave here better, but not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. And so we thank you for that. We love you in Jesus' name. Come on, everyone say it. Amen. 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 So this past week, I went with my son to Redwood Alliance. He had his outdoor ed. I was a chaperone. And one of the activities that we did was this giant swing. It had to have been Three stories tall. They harness you up. They, they, they click you to this rope. And, uh, and then you just jump off. And, and it's this giant swing and it takes you. And uh, so, so my, my, my son's class, we, we went there. And uh, they were hard, the kids were harnessing themselves up. And it was so funny because they would get up to the top where they're, where they're there. And they would sit down. And they were like, you can tell they're just... They're like shaking. They're so scared, you know. And, uh, and so the, the, the guide that was there, the guide, um, she, she held on to the rope and she let the kids know. She said, so as soon as I let go of this rope, know that the rope is going to pull you and it's just going to take you with it. So it. If you are not ready, do not have me let go of the rope because it's going to pull you. Now, some of these kids, they thought that they would be able to, to fight the pull, the tension of this rope. And one after one, you would see them sitting there and uh, she, she says, are you ready to let go? They're like, yes, yes, yes. And they, she lets go and that, that tension, that pull, like they try to hold on like, ah! And so they're holding on, but it pulls him. And then another, like one after one, they're sitting there, 
Okay, let go. Ready? Pull. And it pulls him. And, and they're, they're just like, they, they, they don't expect it. Everyone, everyone thought that, that they would be able to fight the pull of the rope. Now, uh, it was my turn to go up there. I have my harness on. And, uh, and, I, and I sit down. My legs are like dangling at the edge. And she's like, hey, just I want you to beware. As soon as I let go of the rope. The tension of the rope is going to pull you out. And so just as soon as you're ready, just tell me to let go, and then, and then we'll go. I'm like, okay, I got it, I got it, I got it. So I'm sitting there, right? And I mean, it's high up there. We are high up there. And so she's like, okay, are you ready for me to let go? And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to, because I mean, it's, it's, it doesn't look as high when you're on the bottom, but when you're on top looking down. So like I'm holding on to the rope. And she said, are you ready for me to let go? And I went. And she's like, okay, I'm going to let go. Three, two, one. Uh. I'm like still at the edge. She let go. And I'm, uh, and she's like, well, um. <laughs> she said, it looks like you're, you're a lot bigger than the other kids. <laughs> she said, I hate Redwood Alliance. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She said, she said, uh, she said, it looks like you're bigger than the other kids. So the pool is not as strong. It's not strong enough to pull you off the edge. And she said, excuse me, she said, if, you, if you're going to go, it's going to be based off of when you're ready to jump. And I said, okay. I said, one, two, three, and I did it. I jumped, and it was scary, but I did it. Praise God. Yeah. And we're done. So let's pray. Father, we thank <laughs> You're like, what? That was the message? And so, so I'm swinging, right, and I get down, and I'm like, this is amazing. But, but I, I, I want you just briefly to think about what she told me. She, she, said, she said, because you're bigger... Because you weigh more, I like to think she meant to say because you're stronger. <laughs> because you are stronger, the pull is not enough to pull you. The tension is not enough to pull you. She said, if you want to move, it's going to be because you decided to move. She said that no matter the tension, I, I need you to get this because this is the part of the message. This is all I'm talking about today is the pool. She said because you are weighted, because you are stronger, it's not going to pull you. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this idea of the, of the pool, the power of the pool. 
and how it really relates to this idea of expecting God to expand my vision for tomorrow. And how we, we expect this, but oh, must we be careful with the pool. See, last week I, I had said that, that you and I, we move based off of two reasons. Like we move or we hold on to, to we move towards, excuse me, either the rea our reality, so what we're facing, what we're, what we're experiencing, or the other thing that we could hold on to is, is the expectation that God is going to expand my vision for tomorrow. And so you and I, we, we have one of two things that we hold on to. Am I holding on to the reality, what I'm facing, what I'm going through? Or am I going to hold on to what God is, what I'm expecting God to do in my life? Now, if I was to do a poll this morning, I would say 99.99% of people in this room, those that are watching online, that you would say, I want to hold on to the expectation of God expanding my vision for tomorrow. True? Like not many people would say, man, I just want to, I just want to huddle around the reality of my situation. No, we, like we, we desire, we desire more. We desire God to expand our vision for tomorrow. Like I don't want to sit in my hopelessness. I want to latch on to the hope who is in Jesus. And so, but, but, but in, in that, that process, we have to be careful with the power of the pool. The power of the pool, that thing that, that, that if we're trying to, um, trying to, to, to walk towards the expectation of God expanding, the, the pool to bring you back to reality. See, more than likely, you are more familiar with the power of the pool than you think. In fact, in fact, most of us in here, we experience the power of the pool every single Sunday. We come in here, right, and, and, uh, and we're singing amazing songs like, don't be a slave to fear. And you're like, yeah, I like that. And then I come on stage and I'm like, there's hope for your tomorrow. Woo! And what God is doing in this moment is that he's expanding your vision. He's expanding your vision to, to think outside of what you're facing, to think outside of the reality that you are walking in currently. And so we leave, we leave church on Sundays and we're so hyped. We're like, whoa, God, I'm expecting. Right? Yeah. I'm expecting you to do something. And then Monday comes along. And you're like, whoa, God, I'm expecting. This is my reality, but I'm expecting you to move. And then Tuesday comes. This is my reality, but I'm expecting you to do something. Wednesday comes along. God, this is my reality, 
and I'm 78% expecting you to do something. What's happening? The pool. The power of the pool. Thursday comes along, you're like, God, this is like 50%. I'm expecting, but like, I'm kind of not expecting now. It's like 50-50, you know? Like, Friday comes along, you're down to 25% expecting. You're like, your reality seems more real. Come Saturday, you're like, oh, I'm not expecting anything. My life still sucks. I'm still broke. My marriage is still horrible. My relationship's still in shambles. Is that just me? <laughs> See, you're, you're, it's the power of the pool. Because God's doing something in these moments. But reality is always trying to pull you in. Reality is always trying to say, hey, but look at really the situation. Reality is always trying to be like, hey, I, just come on, come on. Yeah, like, you're, look at your marriage. Look how your marriage really is. That's come on. And we're always getting pulled. And if I was honest, majority of those who would identify as Jesus followers, this is the cycle that we have gotten used to. The cycle that on Sunday I'm going to do great, I'm going to do amazing, I'm going to believe whatever the preacher's saying, I'm going to worship my little heart out, and then <laughs> I'm just going to be pulled back. And then I'm going to go back to church on Sunday, I'm going to worship my little heart out. I'm going to believe what the preacher says, and then I'm just going to try to do it. And this, it's this vicious cycle, man. I'm just over and over. Over and over and over. But what, what, if I, what if I told you that it doesn't have to be that way? What if I told you in the same way that that lady said I was too strong for the pool? What if the same way I told you that, that you are too strong to be pulled? That it doesn't have to be like this every single week. That there's an opportunity for you to be weighted, to be grounded, so that when it's trying to pull you in, you're just... And the only time you're moving is when you decide to. See, the reason why I'm so confident that you and I can, um, can overcome the power of the pool is because Jesus did and last time I checked, the same spirit that lives in him lives in me. The same spirit that lives in Jesus lives in you and you and you. In fact, that the story that we read at the very beginning of our time together, can I submit to you that it's a story of the pool? Can I propose to you this morning that what we read in Matthew chapter 4 is literally the tempter trying to pull Jesus in? So here's the story that we read. Uh, Jesus, he's, he's, a, he's, he's about to, he's stepping into God the Father expanding his ministry. See, prior to this, he just was baptized. 
He hasn't done any ministry yet. And, and scripture says that we just read, he's led into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights of fasting. And so he, he's preparing himself to expand. God's about to unleash Jesus into his ministry. And so what we see is something very interesting between the time that, that we see Jesus entering the wilderness to the time where Jesus is exiting the wilderness. And it's this. It says that the tempter, which is a very unique name that Matthew gives him. The tempter tried to pull Jesus away three times. Right? See, the first time, Jesus' reality, he was hungry. That's his reality. I'm not, I haven't eat, eaten. I'm like so hungry. That's his reality. And then all of a sudden, the pool comes. The tempter's like, you're hungry, man. You see these rocks? I bet you can turn them into bread. Some nice sourdough. You probably get some butter on there. And what is he doing? Like he's Jesus is trying to, 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 to move towards what God has for his life. And the and the tempter is like, come, no, come on, come on, come back. The second time, the second time, uh, the, the 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 tempter says to Jesus, he's like, um, Jesus' reality is that he's the son of God, who is also God, came down in flesh. And, uh, and, and the tempter is, is, is saying to him, hey, man, you're, you're the son of God. It's reality. Uh, you know. Let, let's test that theory. If you jump off of this, 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 this high point, I bet you that uh, God would send angels down to save you. What, what, what's happening in this moment? The tempter, he's trying to, he's trying to pull him. He's trying, trying to get him in. Then the third time, he t- uh, the tempter, he takes Jesus up. And, and he, says, uh, he, says, he says to Jesus, he says, Jesus' reality is Jesus had nothing. Right, He's, he later says in, in scripture that he doesn't even have a home to rest his head. So Jesus is a nomad just roaming the land. And that's his reality. And, and the tempter, he, he goes to Jesus and he's like, you see all of this? This could all be yours. All you have to do is bow down. And what is happening? He's trying to pull him towards his reality. Now here's the great news as we've read this story. Both tribes, all three tribes, Jesus didn't budge. Come on somebody. Like he he was able to stand firm. He was able to 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 not budge, to not give in. And as I said earlier, if Jesus can do it, so can you. If Jesus can do it, so can I. Wow. If Jesus it can't be pulled, that means you don't have to be pulled. There we go. Like, we can, 
We have this ability to be able to stay weighted, to stay grounded, so that when we're pursuing God, expanding uh, the vision of our tomorrow, whatever we're, God is calling us to do, you and I, we don't have to be pulled. We can say, not today. Nope, not today. I'm too big. I'm too, I'm too fat, P-H-A-T. Let's go. <laughs> 90s kid, um, or 80s kid, 90s? 90s. Focus, John, focus, focus. I'm like, what, is it 80s or 90s? Um, and so we don't have to give in to that. See, what I find very interesting is that Jesus, every time the enemy, the tempter, Satan tried to pull him, Jesus knew what to do. Every single time the enemy tried to, tried to bring him in, tried to pull him to his reality, tried to get him to give in to his reality, Jesus knew. He, he, he knew. He, I, I want to submit to you that, that Jesus, is, like his mind was strong. His mind understood what was taking place. See, I've discovered, and I'm sure you have as well, that majority of my battles always begin here. That majority of the time, it, whenever I'm like pursuing what God has for me, and I'm in that direction, when reality hits, I begin to overthink things. I begin to think like, well, sure doesn't look like what God has promised me. It sure doesn't, uh, it actually looks a lot different. Because there's something about your mind. Something about, in fact, I think part of it is that your thoughts become feelings and your feelings become actions. And then your actions become thoughts. And your thoughts becomes feelings. And your feelings become action. And then your actions becomes your thoughts. And it's a cycle. Yeah. And so I wonder if I'm going to be able to, to withstand the pull. If I'm, if I'm going to be able to not give in to the pull of my reality... I wonder if it starts with my mind first. I, I wonder if, if I'm going, if I'm going to, to, to resist the pull, then I got to strengthen my mind. That I got to begin to think different. I got to begin to process things differently right here. And so with that said, we're going to end in, in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. And, and I think what, what I want to do is I, just, I want to show you this verse. I want to break it down. And then uh, we're going to pray. We're going to worship. And, and then we're going to be done. So Romans chapter 12, verse 2. This is the Apostle Paul. He writes, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal. Let's go ahead and say renewal. Renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, 
what is good and acceptable and perfect. Good, acceptable, and perfect. So, so uh, the Apostle Paul, what he's saying in this verse is, is he's like, hey, this world, your culture, he's writing to the church in Rome. He's, a, he's saying that the world culture, society, it's going to try to pull you into its way of thinking, its way of functioning. Is that true? And, 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 and so you have to decide if you are going to be pulled or if you're going to remain steadfast. And he said that if we're not going, if, if you and I don't want to, to be conformed to the patterns of this world, then the Apostle Paul suggests that if that is the case, then you and I, we need to transform our minds or we need to be transformed by the renewal of of our mind. The renewal of our mind. How many of you here this morning, like you love to rearrange things in your house? Like you move your couch one way and then you, you like, you move things. Nobody's going to admit it. I see you back there. Thank you. Yes, yes. So my mom is notorious for moving her stuff around in her room. And so every time I go to my parents' house, I feel like a couch is moved. Feel like a, like this. I don't even know what it is. Is moved, and it's constantly being moved. It's just. It's like. It's like. Ah, I like it right here. Nah, let's put it right there. Right, like that's what it seems like to me. Like you're moving a water bottle. And so I asked someone. I said. I said, Hey, why? Like, because my friend does this, and, and I said, Why? Why do you do this? Why? Like, why do you keep? Moving things around, it's annoying. And, uh, and she, said, she said, because it helps to make it feel new. She said, it helps to make my room feel new. So we have people that rearrange furniture, but then we have other people in this room. Y'all are even crazier because you don't rearrange things, you remodel things. And so this remodeling is way more intense because you're ripping up floors, you're tearing down walls. Why? Because you don't want something to just feel new. You want it to be new. And so there's a difference between this rearranging or remodeling. Here's what's interesting. As I was studying this word renewal, it's from the Greek word, uh, where are my notes? Anakonosis. And this word anakonosis, it means to change, renew, or remodel to something that is better. So this word anakonosis, it doesn't mean to just rearrange things. But this word actually implies to remodel, to rip up the floor, tear down the walls, start brand new so that you can build it up in a brand new way. And this is the word that the Apostle Paul uses in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. And I think it is significant. And here's why. Because when I'm rearranging things, I have the ability to switch it back if I don't like it. 
if I don't like the where I put my table, when I'm just rearranging it, I can shuffle it back to its original spot. When it gets hard, when life gets hard, I'm just rearranging. I'm just, and that's what we do. That's what I do. When it gets rough, I go back to the same way it was because it's comfortable, it's safe, it's all I knew. But the Apostle Paul is writing to renew our mind, to completely demolish everything we thought, everything we knew, and start all over, to build it up one step at a time. The Apostle Paul, he's saying, we got to renew our mind. We got we to learn to tear down, to build back up, but better. So that when life gets hard, I have no frame of reference to how it was prior to this. All I remember, all I know is what God is doing now in this moment. I'm renewing my mind. And the band can come up. And we're going to do a, a song. He says that I need to daily renew my mind. Don't conform to the patterns of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Here's the great news about this, this idea of renewing. Is uh, it doesn't necessarily mean you're renewing the entire house at once. You can, you, like, I think that's what gets us frustrated too sometimes is we look at other people who's further along, the Joneses, and we're like, ooh, their kitchen's done. Look at my kitchen. Oh, why didn't you, honey, why didn't you do that part of the house yet? Look at their house. And it's very easy for us to look at someone else and be like, oh, man, they're so much further along. God, why can't you do that to me? What you don't know is that they've been at it for a while. They've been remodeling for a while. And so that's the great news of, of what Paul's saying, like, to renew our mind don't beat yourself up if everything doesn't happen overnight. Y'all, you can start in your bathroom first. Remodel the bathroom. So remodel the way that you think in this one area. Remodel the way that you think in, in this area. And he says, do not be conformed to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, John, how do I renew my mind? It's a great question. Thanks for asking. You ready for this? It's going to blow your mind. It's simply saying, God, would you just renew my mind? I know. What? I've been overcome from the pool that long and all I had to say is, 
God, renew my... Yes! In your quiet time, when you're reading the scripture, God, renew my mind. In worship, God, renew my mind. And you can even get specific, too. You can, you can say, God, would, would you renew my mind in the way that I think about people? God, would you renew my mind in the way that I think about my marriage? God, would you renew my mind in the way that I think about my boss? <laughs> God, and you can get as specific as you want to. But what you're saying is, God, tear down everything that is not of your thoughts. Rip up the, wall, the floors, tear down the walls, and renew, rebuild your way of thinking. And so Paul says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal, the anachronosis, so that you know, this is important, so that you know God's perfect will for your life. So that you would know God's perfect will for your life. Friends, this morning, again, I want to encourage you, you don't have to fall victim to the pool as you are praying to God that he would expand your vision for tomorrow and as reality begins to try to pull you back you can say thank you God that you renewed my mind thank you God that you're renewing the way that I'm thinking about the situation that I'm currently in thank you God that you're giving me peace in the way that I think thank you God that you're giving me hope in the way that I process things and we're just thinking we're, we're allowing God to rebuild, to tear down and rebuild the way that I process. Amen, somebody?